And you are not the only one who's listening to Lavender Hill here on KZUM Lincoln, KZUM HD, 89.3 on the FM and online at KZUM.org. Perhaps you're using one of those handy-dandy, smarter-than-a-calculator devices and taking me with you wherever you go. If you're driving, put the phone down. Be smart. But anyways, if you're, uh, you know, taking me on the road you probably are using one of those mobile listening apps like tune in or next radio if you're not in the lincoln area uh and of course you could be listening up to two weeks after original broadcast date thanks to the kzum archives which are available online at kzum.org slash archives made possible by listeners and your generous donations i want to thank you all each and every one of you who have donated during our 45th birthday drive here at KZUM. It was a whole lot of fun, and we're still, you know, we're taking those birthday gifts. So go online if you haven't already, and you feel the need and the uh, and the inspiration to do so. To KZUM.org, click that Donate button. Check out those wonderful thank you gifts that we've got for you. An awesome new T-shirt, hat, and all kinds of other wonderful things. And, well, my personal favorite, coffee. Uh, and, uh, you know, you can do that online or you can call during the show, 402-474-5086, extension 1. All righty. Well, that was Sam Smith with I'm Not the Only One off of his album In the Lonely Hour. Now, going back a little ways in uh, Mr. Smith's uh, music repertoire, uh, we're going to hear some other stuff, not from him, but it's all male or male identifying artists today that I'll be playing. But I've got some news for you. I've got local news. I've got national news. I've got international news. I've got some humbling news as well, unfortunately. But uh, let's go ahead and hop over to, uh, well, we're not hopping very far. We're here in Nebraska. But I'm going to be referring to WWT, the affiliate there out of Omaha, for, is that NBC? Yes. So I don't have regular TV, so I can't keep track anymore. But anywho. Uh, kind of going along with what we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks with uh, State Senator Michaela Kavanaugh. Uh, actually, before I go into the article, if you missed it last weekend, she was on Rachel Maddow. Uh, I caught that uh, in replay, if you will. Uh, YouTube has it, and of course you can go to uh, the website for Rachel Maddow's show. Uh, but talking about uh, Michaela's pledge, vow, promise, threat, perhaps, to filibuster the entire Nebraska legislative session if the Republicans keep pushing for the passage of 574 and several other bills that are anti-LGBTQIA2SOGI and anti-women referring to the heartbeat bill there, the abortion bill. But anywho, State Senator Michaela Kavanaugh, according to WWT, uh, is uh, the one-woman filibuster. Uh, she's uh, District 6 of Omaha. She continued her efforts to bring as much legislating as she can to a screeching halt. She said again this past Tuesday, and she said it again several days this week, that she's going to do what she can to make sure, quote, every single bill is going to go cloucher. 
end quote. Cloucher means that hours of debate on every single bill that comes to the floor. That's what she's planning to do. Uh, she's doing this to block LB 574, which would make gender affirming care for transgender youth illegal in the state of Nebraska. That is anybody under the age of 19 who is currently getting gender affirming care or who is seeking gender affirming care if this bill gets passed they would uh well if they didn't start before it goes into effect they have a year essentially from that start date to detransition if they're under 19 which causes more harm especially when it's not planned not expected not desired uh, we'll get into that a little bit more later, perhaps. But um, Senator Danielle Conrad of Lincoln did try to broker a deal this past week to try to make things a little bit easier uh, on 574 and other things. Well, not necessarily easier on, but, you know, to, to make it so that the legislative body can legislate. I'm not saying right now one way or the other. Uh, my stance on what Kavanaugh is doing, but if you've been listening, you probably already know. Uh, and Kavanaugh did agree to the idea of that deal, that compromise, if you will. But the rest of the body voted against the compromise 32 to 10. Yeah, you heard that right. They voted against that compromise. Uh, also referring to another article from WWT. This is from the previous week, uh, the previous Friday, actually, a week ago, Friday now, February 24th. Uh, work on the floor of the Nebraska legislature is at a standstill, largely held up by just one senator. Uh, the unicameral was offered a sort of truce, but chose not to take it. Um Let's see here. What is that truce here? Uh, Senator Danielle Conrad tried to broker the deal, suggesting they just skip over LB-147 for now, which was what was currently being discussed at that time. Um, she's quoted as saying, we don't need to dig in here. This is not going to set some sort of terrible precedent. This is a commonplace in our body today. We've hit a roadblock. This gives us a chance to remove the roadblocks let other business proceed. And in reference to LB-147, Kavanaugh agreed to that, but the body voted against that compromise 32 to 10. Um, that will not prevent Senator Kavanaugh from doing what she's done on LB-147, says uh, Senator Erdman, as long as the bill has the name Kauth associated with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Senator Kauth and her uh, 547, or 574, pardon me, and 575 and 626. Uh, so, yeah. At least they're kind of realizing that if Senator Kauth is going to be pushing for these things, then Kavanaugh's going to be pushing against and being a protege, if you will, of uh, Ernie Chambers, she definitely knows what she's doing with filibusters, right? All righty. Well, you can check out those links uh, after I get them posted over to the Lavender Hill page on Facebook. Uh, and it includes some video coverage as well. And if I can find it, I'm going to find that link to uh, her, her spot on Rachel Maddow last weekend because uh, it was worth watching. Uh, I took time. Uh, on one of my breaks at work to make sure that I got to watch it. So, yeah, is what it is, right? Okay, well, 
since I'm rambling a little bit here, instead of me rambling, how about we listen to a little bit of music? And we'll just go from there because we're going to, you know, hop, skipping around in some southern states before we go international. Anywho, we are going to hear from Adam Lambert now. Uh, One of his older releases as well. There, I said it. And I think this is kind of an appropriate song. At least that title is. When you're talking about what uh, Senator Michaela Kavanaugh here in Nebraska is doing with the state legislature. All righty, so here we go with that. All righty there, little Adam Lambert with There I Said It from the album The Original High. Uh, Well, I said we were going to go a little uh, state hopping here, so let's go ahead and hop around in the U.S. with some news. Uh, Just trying to get everything the way that I want. Okay, that's international. Let's get to where I was going. There we go. There we go. Well, as I'm sure many of you recall from the last couple of weeks, months, whatever, been talking about uh, Tennessee and some proposed bans on various things, transgender health care and... Know, drag performances and stuff like that. Well, according to an article from Monday, February 27th on NBC News, Matt uh, Levitas writing for them. Pardon me if I mispronounced the name. Uh, by the time Tennessee Governor Bill Lee confirmed on Monday that he would sign a recently passed bill criminalizing drag performances in public and in front of children, a photo that appears to show him dressed in drag as a high school student had already started circulating on Reddit and Twitter. Just before midnight Saturday last weekend, a Reddit user pardon me, shared an image that appears to show Lee as a high school student wearing a short-skirted cheerleader's uniform, a pearl necklace, oh, let's clutch, and a wig, posing on a school sports field next to two girls in men's suits. The caption says, Governor Bill Lee in drag, 1977 high school yearbook. Hmm. Now, of course, that was probably something to do with spirit days or whatever at the high school, but he did drag for whatever reason. And he did it for the fun. He did it to show pride in his school, perhaps. What's really the difference between what almost every drag performer that I have met personally and seen perform is doing? They're doing it for the fun. They're doing it for the entertainment. They're doing it for the pride in themselves and their community. All right. That being said, uh, in a subsequent post, that same Reddit user who did not respond to a request for comment from NBC News referred to the drag bill on the governor's desk saying, quote, I'm sure it will be signed, but the hypocrisy needs to be poked at before they come after play in Nashville or even Rocky Horror at Belcourt twice a year. References to a popular Nashville dance club and the gender-bending musical that almost everybody I know is familiar with, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Answering reporters' questions on Monday, Governor Lee, who is a Republican, said he would sign the drag bill in addition to a separate piece of legislation that would prohibit gender-affirming care for the state's minors. He was then asked whether he remembers dressing in drag back in 77 and appeared to have been shown a copy of the image at the time. He neither confirmed nor denied if it was him in the image. Uh, He is uh, quoted as saying, however, in a uh, uh, Twitter feed, not him, but going back and forth here with the Tennessee holler, uh, what a ridiculous, ridiculous question that is. Uh, He says, 
uh, conflating something like that to sexualized entertainment in front of children, which is a very serious subject. Okay, yes, sexualized entertainment would be a very serious subject when we're talking about presenting such things to children, but those drag performances that may go a little bit more uh, burlesque, those are not done in venues that are open to minors. They're not. Drag Queen Story has Drag Queen Story Hour has nothing burlesque. Little cabaret, perhaps, but not burlesque. Nothing lewd, nothing crude, nothing inappropriate for children. Which is a heck of a lot more than I can say for a lot of high school students in how they do things. But that's another story. Anywho, you can check that out over on NBCNews.com. I will, of course, be sharing the link. And there's some related stuff as well. Of course, LGBTQNation.com picked up on it. Uh, and they've got a little bit of coverage. As well as Tennessee, after issuing their trans health care ban and the nation's first drag ban, get ready for the lawsuits. According to John Russell, writing for LGBTQNation.com on Friday, March 3rd, 2023. With Tennessee becoming the first U.S. state to pass a law intended to restrict drag performances, it's also recently passed a ban on gender-affirming health care for trans youth. The American Civil Liberties Union has promised lawsuits challenging both. On Thursday of this past week, Governor Bill Lee signed into law both of those, which bans uh, male or female impersonators who provide entertainment that appeals to a prurient interest from appearing on public property or in a location where the adult cabaret performance could be viewed by a person who is not an adult. Now, there's a reason why most uh, gay clubs that I've been to have blacked out windows so that there's less of an opportunity for the public to protest things and, and obviously for the patrons to not have to deal with the protesters through the window, but that's besides the point. Uh, in a statement that was released on Thursday, ACLU of Tennessee's legal director, Stella Yarborough, uh, said that the ACLU would, quote, challenge enforcement of this law if it is used to punish a drag performer or shut down a family-friendly LGBTQ event. I, I want to point something out with these family-friendly LGBTQ events that are potentially being threatened with laws like this. If something like this were passed in Nebraska, that would threaten Star City Pride. That would threaten uh, Heartland Pride. That would threaten every single Pride event in the state. And that's what's happening with Tennessee. It's threatening every single one of those because we all know at pride events, pride parades, pride festivals, what have you, that there are drag queens, whether they're performing on stage or not, they're there. So these kind of laws threaten that uh, showcasing, if you will, or sharing of the drag performer's stage persona and how they may be known by the community. And not even to mention Drag Queen Story Hour or other family-friendly events that have drag performers at them. Okay, let's go back to the article here uh, from LGBTQNation.com again. Uh, Yarborough of ACLU Tennessee stressed that the law does not make drag performances illegal in the state. 
to certain guidelines are supposed to be followed. The ACLU statement notes that the law bans performances that are, quote, harmful to minors, end quote. But, quote, the legal definition of harmful to minors in Tennessee is very narrow and only covers extreme sexual or violent content with no artistic value. Drag performances do not inherently fall into this category and are protected by the First Amendment. We'll just have to see how Tennessee goes about that. Um, Yarbrough goes on to say, We are disappointed that Governor Lee chose to sign a bill that politicians intended to censor drag performances. However, I want to be abundantly clear, the law that was just signed does not make it illegal to perform in drag in Tennessee. The law bans obscene performances, and drag performances are not inherently obscene. Uh, Similar bills banning or restricting drag performances have been introduced in other states, including Montana, Pennsylvania, Arizona, and Arkansas, but Tennessee is the first to be signed into law. There's a lot more to that article. I'll let you follow along and read it yourself over on LGBTQNation.com. Just follow that embedded link there on our Facebook page uh, once you get an opportunity to hop over there. Okay, well, I'm going to go from Tennessee to Oklahoma. Uh, and this is thanks to one of my coworkers sharing this. Uh, you know, we, we're remote workers, so you know, I'm up here in Nebraska. She's down there in Oklahoma, and this has an impact on her and her family, as well as many Oklahomans. Coming from the Oklahoman uh, newspaper, there, uh, the Oklahoma. Ooh, Get away with those darn pop-up ads. There we go. At least it wasn't an audio one. Oklahoma House approves bill to ban insurance covered for transgender coverage. Pardon me for transgender care. This is an article from Friday or not Friday, uh, Tuesday, the twenty-eighth of February, twenty-twenty-three. Uh, over there with the Oklahoman Ben Felder writing for them. Uh, House Republicans approved a bill this past Tuesday banning insurance coverage for transgender health care, one of many proposals this year seeking to limit gender transition procedures. Oklahoma House Bill 2177 now moves to the state Senate after the House passed the measure with an 80 to 18 vote. All 18 against were Democratic members of the House. Uh, to quote Representative Kevin West, a Republican from Moore, Oklahoma, and author of the bill, this bill will protect children and parents from being pressured into agreeing to harmful experimental transition procedures by prohibiting the administration of puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and surgeries on minors while still allowing for critical mental health care. I have to agree with the allowance for critical mental health care, but I'm not sure about his definition of that. Uh, The bill reads, insurance coverage for transgender surgery and hormone treatment performed within this state on any minor or adult shall be prohibited. It also reads, quote, it shall be prohibited for any public funds in this state, being Oklahoma, to be directly or indirectly used, granted, paid, or distributed to any entity, organization, or individual for the provision of transgender services. More than two hours of debate preceded the vote as Democrats accused West of limiting parental rights and sending a message to transgender Oklahomans that they aren't welcome. Uh, Democrat from Oklahoma City Representative Forrest Bennett proposed an amendment to the bill that would ban over-the-counter testosterone, trying to make a point about where to draw the line on government control. Uh, Along with the uh, 
which was a failed attempt there, but along with that amendment to ban over-the-counter testosterone, why not over-the-counter estrogen or even prescription estrogen? Just kind of trying to make a point there, but I realize that the Oklahoma House is primarily male-dominated, so it had a little bit more of an impact that way. And, of course, that amendment was defeated quickly. Uh, but Democrats also argued that HB 2177 in Oklahoma could prevent other types of cosmetic surgeries that do not include trans, or excuse me, gender transition, such as a teenage girl receiving breast enhancement surgery with her parents' consent. So, yeah, you can read that. Follow along if you want to. The Oklahoman, I'm also going to be posting that link on the Facebook page for Lavender Hill. And, you know, speaking of taking a break here, which is what I'm going to do, uh, we're going to have our bottom of the hour announcements and a little bit more music for you. We're going to go to Joe Stevens after the break here. Little Joe Stevens there with Waiting for Spring off of his album Last Man Standing. And we are waiting for spring. It's not too far away, at least not by the calendar. Kind of feels like it might be here for some of us. But we all know that Mother Nature has her own ideas on how that's going to work. Anywho, let's hop over to the USA Today with an article from Thursday. That is the... Uh, 2nd of March, 2023, uh, Mark Ramirez writing for them, um, and rightfully he calls it a crisis. One in four black transgender non-binary youths attempted suicide in the previous year, according to a study by the Trevor Project. Uh, one in four transgender or non-binary youths attempted suicide in the previous year, a figure more than twice the rate of their black cisgender gender peers, according to a new research brief from the Trevor Project that called the situation, quote, a public health crisis that deserves immediate attention, end quote. The results were among key findings of the latest brief compiled by the Trevor Project, uh, based out of New York, uh, as it comes through data collected from nearly 34,000 LGBTQ youth people nationwide for its 2022 national survey, on LGBTQ youth mental health. Um, to quote Jack Turbin, director of the Gender Psychiatry Program at the University of California, San Francisco, this report is yet another piece of evidence that we aren't doing enough to fight for these kids. Improving the situation will mean making broad structural and societal improvements in the ways we treat trans youth of color. Unfortunately, we seem to be moving in the opposite direction. All you have to do is look at the states that are pushing to ban uh, gender transition care uh, for trans youth. On October 3rd, excuse me, I don't know where I got October out of there, of 3,008 survey respondents who identified as black, 25% of those also identified uh, as trans or non-binary reported attempting suicide in the previous year, compared to 12% of their cisgender peers who identified as gay, lesbian, or bisexual. The figure was also higher than that of their white trans or non-binary counterparts 
at 16% there. Uh, of course, this is a group facing unique obstacles, and the report does reflect that. Uh, stating challenges faced by black, transgender, and non-binary youngsters as members of dual marginalized communities, a situation exacerbated by waves of anti-LGBTQ legislation that have proliferated in recent years. The ACLU said 336 anti-LGBTQ bills have been introduced in state houses across the country in 2023 eclipsing the record 315 tallied by the human rights campaign last year. Many bills target transgender youth, prohibiting gender-affirming care or participation in school sports teams aligned with their gender identity. Uh, to quote Gina Sequera, co-director of the Seattle Children's Gender Clinic in Washington, it can't be understated the degree of transphobia we are seeing among politicians. The patients I take care of are incredibly fearful of the atmosphere they see. Another factor, she noted, is the record levels of fatal violence suffered by transgender victims in recent years, especially black trans women and other trans women of color. We have to acknowledge that societal racism and transphobia directly correlate with some of the findings we see. Uh, the article does go into uh, you know how the disparities play out, uh, how the power of strong family support can help, as well as other societal changes that can be of help. And there are some links at the end of the article for more information. I encourage you, if you are checking that article out after I post it to our Facebook page, that you follow those links as well. All righty. Well, let's go international here. Uh, ten years ago, you may remember Corwin and I talking about this, the uh, killed the gays law was passed in Uganda. And, uh, well, ten years after that, Uganda has introduced a new, a rabidly anti-LGBTQ bill. According to an article by Greg Owen from yesterday, Saturday, March 4th, 2023 on LGBTQNation.com. Uganda this week opened debate on new legislation to ban homosexuality in the East African nation. The proposal comes 10 years after a proposed death penalty for same-sex acts, known as the Kill the Gays Bill, was defeated amid international condemnation. So at least it was defeated 10 years ago, but that doesn't mean that things got any better. Before I go into detail or more information on this new movement there in Uganda, I want to point out that almost every East African nation that is pushing for things like this are being persuaded, being coerced, perhaps, by mega churches from the United States. Think about that one. Our own culture here in the United States is having yet again more impact on African nations and African tribals people. Where do we get off doing that? Anyways, okay. Um, so, according to Parliament Speaker Anita Among, uh, announcing the legis legislation, you are either with us or you're with the Western world. How's that for irony? You should be counted, and we are going to vote by show of hands on this matter. <laughs> Uganda's new anti-homosexuality bill introduced by legislator Azuman Bazalurwa. I really need to work on pronouncing those words before I go on the air. Uh, names even. 
would imprison for 10 years anyone who identifies with lesbianism, gay, transgender, queer, or any other sexual or gender identity contrary to the binary categories of male and female. That's a quote from the bill. A majority of lawmakers in the parliamentary chamber stood up in support of the measure. Big surprise. The bill would punish anyone found guilty of, quote, promoting homosexuality, end quote, with up to five years in prison, up to $27,000 in fines, or both. The bill's definition of, quote, promoting is so broad that it would include anyone who mentions LGBTQ plus issues online or otherwise supports or fundraises for an LGBTQ plus individual or cause. The bill would also provide a house a brothel, or any other place in which LGBTQ plus specific activities take place with up to seven years in prison, one outlet reported, one news outlet that reported. This means that even just housing, housing a known LGBTQ plus person could get someone thrown in jail. Talk about your witch hunts, right? Dolt 45? Uh, any business or organization that hosts LGBTQ plus activities or same-sex weddings could have their business license revoked and their managers thrown in prison for up to two years. Uganda's House Speaker Among uh, later posted to Twitter saying, We shall jealously protect our cherished values and culture. Yeah. The author of the bill characterizes homosexuality as a cancer on Uganda. Uh, Anti-LGBTQ plus sentiment is on the rise in the country, fueled in part by, and here's where I was talking, evangelical churches outraged over the Anglican church's recent decision to bless same-sex unions. Uganda was an African uh, protectorate of Great Britain from uh, 1894 to 1962. So a lot of what happens in Britain does have impact on them. But same-sex relations in Uganda are already criminalized under colonial-era penal codes. So yeah, you can read more about that if you want by going over to lgbtqnation.com. You'll find the link for that on the Lavender Hill page later today. All righty, well... I'm going to play some music, and I'm going to try to wrap up with something a little bit more positive here if I can. So let's go ahead and listen to Elton John. You know, I had to go with some big names here. Okay, everybody I've been playing in one way or another is a big name, at least to their fans. So I'm still standing. Because, yeah, we are. All right. Well, are you still standing? Well, you can sit down. You can take a break from that dancing. Uh, all right. So, Elton John, I'm still standing. Great way to kind of get ready to start wrapping things up here with less than 10 minutes to go on the show. I promised you some good news. And we got some good news. Michigan will soon pass a historic law banning anti-LGBTQ plus discrimination. According to an article from Daniel Villarreal on LGBTQNation.com, dated Wednesday, March 1st, 2023, the Michigan Senate has passed a law banning anti-LGBTQ plus discrimination throughout the state. The bill now returns to the state house where it is expected to pass as well. State Governor Gretchen Whitmer, a Democrat, has expressed support for signing the bill into law. The law, initially known as Senate Bill 4, adds sexual orientation and gender identity to the state's Elliot Larson Civil Rights Act, which prohibits discrimination based on individual characteristics in housing, employment, and 
public accommodations and public services and educational facilities, according to The Bridge, Michigan. Uh, State Senator Jeremy Moss, also a Democrat, the state's first out gay senator, said of his bill, yes, he's the one that authored it, this baton has been passed on from generation to generation of LGBTQ activists. Real Michiganders suffer from real acts of discrimination for no other reason other than their sexual orientation or gender identity. Had it not been for their courage to come forward to bring much-needed attention to these wrongs, we could not have progressed to this moment, he said. In 21 states in the District of Columbia, state law protects LGBTQ plus people from discrimination. However, 27 states offer no explicit statewide laws against LGBTQ plus discrimination. Similar bills have failed in the state legislature for decades under Republican leadership. However, Democrats now have a majority in both legislative chambers in Michigan and the governor's office. The bill also had the support of the Michigan Chamber of Commerce, business leaders for Michigan, and other civil rights activists. At a February 24th LGBTQ plus roundtable with legislators and stakeholders, Governor Whitmer signaled that she would sign the bill. That is going to be the foundational moment where we are really saying in Michigan, all people are protected and respected under the law, she told the roundtable, adding that, quote, bigotry is bad for business, end quote, in the state. Bigotry is bad for business in any state, in my opinion. Predictably, though, Republicans opposed the bill over fears that it would force religious people and business owners to, quote, do things against our will. According to Senator Lana Thies, a Republican, uh, speaking in a uh, state floor speech, Republicans sought to add an amendment to the bill that would include anti-discrimination protections for religious orientation, religious identity, and religious expression. There is no such thing as religious orientation because religiosity is a personal choice rather than inborn. At least that's what was pointed out to them. Several studies have shown that religious parents pressure their underage children into accepting their beliefs. Regardless, the Republican amendment failed to pass. Yay. Uh, The bill's Democratic supporters say they'd like to formally repeal the state's ban on same-sex marriage, which is a good move considering what the Supreme Court might be doing sometime soon. Though the ban was invalidated by the 2015 U.S. Supreme Court decision legalizing same-sex marriage nationwide, it could go back into effect if the nation's highest court ever overturns that decision, which unfortunately we know is a likely possibility. Alrighty, well I said I wanted to end on some good news, and there is some good news, so I'm glad that I was able to share that. And hey, Nebraskans, Follow what's going on with the unicameral. Follow what Senator Michaela Kavanaugh is doing. Whether you agree with putting a freeze, essentially is what she's doing, on all legislative actions this session, trying to, in her state of mind and everybody who supports her, prevent the passing of LB 574 and 575 and the heartbeat bill and stuff like that. Whether or not you agree with her putting a halt to everything else, I hope that you out there listening are at least paying attention to what's going on with our local and state politicians so that you can vote with your hearts and mind. I know that we are coming up on a uh, primary, so you know, keep your ear to the ground, if you will, 
and pay attention to local coverage because it's going to have some effect on you no matter who wins what race, no matter what bills get passed in the unicameral. It's going to have some kind of an effect on you as an individual. All righty. That being said, I'm getting ready to hand things over to Deb Anderson with the Women's Show. Uh, I'm going to be sitting in for the first 30 minutes or so, uh, sharing some of my favorites in women's music. And I know there's at least one person out there who may be listening that might appreciate this. My half hour is going to be country-themed. I don't know why. It's just what came to mind today. So I know at least one of you out there is not a big country fan but I know a lot of you are still as well. Deb's chuckling over that uh, statement. But hey, wanted to give you a little bit of a heads up. Uh, but uh, she is also going to be joined for the uh, rest of the show by the assistant music director. Um, and why, Deb, all of a sudden is my brain drawing a blank and not enough caffeine. Name, 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 name. What? Dylan? Yes, thank you, Dylan. Oh, wow. I, I, I am so sorry, Dylan. Your name just totally ran away from me for a moment, even though I uh, waved at you earlier when you got here. Okay, so Dylan Arthur is going to be sitting in. He's the assistant music director here with uh, Deb and uh, Twyla. So, you know, he's going to be playing at least one ABBA song, from what I understand. That seems to be his recurring theme, at least one of those every time he's on the show. And kind of in the spirit of that, I'm not doing ABBA. I'm going to do Freddie Mercury to send you out. Uh, so keep on listening here to KZUM and all the wonderful programming we have for you. I'll be back next week with more Lavender Hill. <laughs>